to the Prophecy Club. Today I'm going to be answering the question, why I believe that the testimony of Demetri Dudeman is real, is from God, and we better be listening. It's probably the primary message, the, probably the primary reason that God has even called me to be, even be in the ministry. I think without Dimitri, he probably just would have left me sitting on the roadside someplace out in the world rather than calling me to serve him. So it's real important. I might also add these 32 years I've been carrying the message, it has not been easy. I didn't get handed one of the easy jobs in the kingdom, but I'm pleased that I have been. Okay, so back to the question. Why do I believe that the testimony of Dimitri Dudeman is of God, and more important, why should you believe? Okay, so it started in 1987. I was living in Lawrence, Kansas. I was teaching a class on Bible prophecy. Afterwards, a lady came up and handed me a tape and said, I believe you'll be interested in this. I had just been teaching that Revelation 18 must be talking about America. I listened to the tape on the way home, and it was Dimitri Dudeman, and he was saying that the angel Gabriel came to him and that Revelation 18 specifically is America. And then, of course, he said the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America, started by the communists and the rest of that message. Well, by the time I got home, I knew it was from God. I knew I had to call and invite him to speak, as I was also part of the Full Gospel Businessmen's chapter there in Lawrence, Kansas. So I wrote him a letter and asked him if he would come and speak for one hour at Full Gospel Businessmen. He wrote back, said, yes, I'll come for two weeks. I thought, two weeks? <laughs> I want the guy for one hour or two weeks? What am I going to do with this guy for two weeks? But... By the time he arrived a couple of months later, he was booked solid with very little help on my part. God just arranged for his schedule to be very full. He actually spoke at like six or seven churches, six or seven radio stations, and a TV station all in two weeks. He later said it was one of the busiest weeks of his life. So here's what happened. The pastor in Kansas City had arranged to pick him up from the airport, about 700 people there. And then I was supposed to meet him at the church, pick up Dimitri, and drive him over to Topeka. I was supposed to pick him up uh, from the Kansas City Church. So I was driving back towards Lawrence, Kansas, and he leans his head back. I thought he was just taking a nap. And directly he woke up and turned to me, and he says, This woman in your life? I said, Yes, my wife. He said, You tell her. She's praying for other people. And their problems are coming back on her. You tell her, before she prays for other people, first, she must pray for protection for herself. Okay, well, it didn't mean much to me. So we arrived in Topeka, which was where he was going to speak, and I uh, took him into, I believe it was Village Inn at the corner of 37th and Topeka, and they had ordered breakfast. And, of course, the cell phones were not around then, so I had to step out into the hallway there to use a phone. And at that time, we were in the process of moving from Lawrence, Kansas, up to Omaha, Nebraska, due to a promotion in my work at the time. And so I called Leslie, and she was literally unpacking the boxes that the moving company had just brought in and set all over our home. And she was putting all the stuff up. And I said, okay, so I just picked up this guy, Dimitri, and he tells me to tell you this. Doesn't make any sense to me, but I'll tell you. He says that you're praying for other people, and their problems are coming back on you. 
He says, before you pray for other people, first you must pray for strength for yourself. Does that mean anything to you? She just started, oh, yeah, yes, of course. She says, I've just been opening these boxes and putting everything away. And whoever comes to my mind, I've just been praying for him. I feel so down and so depressed and so attacked. She says, yes, 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 he's right. I need to pray for strength for myself before I pray for other people. I'm thinking, how does a guy driving west on Interstate 70 in Kansas know what my wife is praying in Omaha, Nebraska that very moment? How does he know that? And I thought, okay, I got somebody very special here with me. But I didn't understand at the time just how special. I thought I was just delivery boy at the time. But now looking back, God was preparing me. As a matter of fact, here's another way he prepared me. Because I was allowed to get a glimpse of the check that the church handed him after he spoke for one hour. And the donation to him was about $2,500. And my eyes got big as silver dollars, and I thought, <laughs> that's kind of blowing a hole in my theory that all the pastors are just starving to death. I mean, I didn't want to be in the ministry because I thought pastors and ministry was just a bad paycheck. And I thought, man, this guy makes $2,500 talking for one hour? Uh, that's not so bad. Well, that was starting to open my eyes that the Lord God of the earth is quite capable of taking care of his own. Now, he also will put us through tests, and yes, Leslie and I have been through plenty of our tests, tests where it looked like everything was going to fall apart, nothing was going to make it, but it was just a test. Looking back, matter of fact, I have to say, I think that the Lord God has been my very best boss, I think that he has paid me, however you want to say it, or given me far more than I have earned or than I have deserved. And he has been a very, the best boss, the best boss. And he has blessed us exceedingly. I walk around constantly saying, thank you, Lord. 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 I thank him for so many things. So don't get me wrong. He's not a bad paycheck. He is actually the correct paycheck. And sometimes that's little, and sometimes that's that's a lot. Anyway, so back to the story. He stayed in our home for the two weeks, and I have to say that he was a small, hard man. In Romania, he explained that they live a hard life, but he was a small man with, I would say, kind of hard-hearted, but he had a big voice and a big heart, meaning that he loved the Lord with all of his heart, but they weren't soft and warm and cuddly like, you know, a lot of pastors are in America. They live a hard life, and he explained that. But nevertheless, God had called him to do this. So during those two weeks, I had him speak at all these different churches and radio stations and stuff. Well, actually, it was the Holy Spirit doing it. But I noticed that when he spoke at my own home church, it was the coldest reception I ever saw him get. In other words, Just because I got him a speaking engagement did not mean the hearts of the people were open to receive the message. And I'll agree, uh, you know, we've been carrying this message for 32 years, and not very many people want to receive it. Not very, I mean, look, I mean, 32 years, I think Leslie and I have been invited to speak in what, like, I don't know, seven or eight churches? 
I mean, just almost not at all. Why? Because they don't like the message of Dimitri Dugman. They don't like what we say. And since the churches are not after what God is saying, they're after what their congregation will put up with. And so they know that their congregations just will not have that. As a matter of fact, Pastor Messiah is constantly saying, Stan just looks at you and tells you the truth. And he says all these other churches that go to, they just kind of dance around the issue and they never really, uh, really say what is really the truth. He said, Stan brings the truth. He constantly, seemed like every time I ask him to get up and talk in front of him, he weasels that into the conversation somehow. So let's move along. Now, 1989. So the job had moved us to Omaha, and I called Dimitri, and I asked him to come up there, and I got him booked in two different churches. And I remember it was Friday night. We drove him over to West Dauphinbaugh's church over on the far side of Omaha. As we were driving back, Leslie turns to me and says, Now, I don't want you to think that I don't believe Dimitri Dudeman is of God, because I do. But if he was really a man of God, he would know that I want a prophecy. You know, he has these prophecies for you and other people, and I'd like a prophecy. And I said, Well, if you ask him, she says, No. I said, Well, ask him. He'll tell you what God says. See, because. When I'd ask him, you know, well, God, what does God say about this? Either God would literally speak to him in his ear at the time, or sometimes he'd come and wake him up, and then I'd tap him on the hand and give him the answer to my request. So she says, no, 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 if he's really a man from God, he would know that I want a prophecy from God, and he would give me one. I said, honey, <laughs> I think you're kind of pushing it there a little bit. I said, I think, you know, just ask him. He'll tell you. She says, no. No, if he's really a man of God, he will know that I want a prophecy and he'll give me a prophecy. That was Friday night. So now we had him stay across town for like the next week. And then that next coming Friday night, we were having him into a home. And uh, there were so many people showed up. We couldn't hold the, play, the meeting in our home. We had to go two houses down to another one of the brothers on the block, had a bigger home. And so it was packed with people. So anyway, he talked on Galatians 5 that night, I remember. And then after it was over, I was in the kitchen helping serving up tea and things like that for the guests. So Leslie walks up to me. She says, did you tell Dimitri that I wanted a prophecy? I said, no, honey. I hadn't seen him all week. He's been across town. She said, well, let me tell you what he just did. He just walked up to me and pointed that little crooked finger of his at me and said, you said... If I'm a man of God, I would have a prophecy for you. <laughs> she said, my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> and he says, and so here's what God says to you. I do speak to you. I speak to you and then begin to tell her all the secrets of her heart. I'm telling you this because I think it's important that you know, you know, because if you're listening to this broadcast, you also are called to carry that warning, the warning that America is the mystery of Babylon. And it's very important that you know that Dimitri really was called of God to do this. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something else. I don't have my notes, but I remember as I drive him around for these two weeks, he would always tell me these stories. Like one of the things he told me is he said, well, the angel told him that before America falls, before America's attacked, that Romania would have an internal revolution. 
Well, that didn't mean a whole lot to me, so I just put that on the back burner and kept driving. But about two years later, and it was 1989, I believe it was December the 10th. I've got all the details written down, but I wasn't prepared to talk on that. But anyway, I remember about 8.30 in the morning, my back was hurting, so I was still in bed. And here it comes on the news. Ceausescu's been shot. Romania's having a revolution. I sat up in bed and I said, what? Already? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know it's true, but wow, really? About that time, the phone rings. My mom calling long distance from Texas. I'm in Omaha at the time. Are you watching the news? Yes. About the Romanian revolution? Yes. Didn't you tell me that was going to happen? Yes. She says, okay, tell me, what else was it you said? I said, well, it wasn't me saying it. It was Dimitri. But here's what he said. The fall of America started. And then she started listening. That afternoon, I walked into the office, and Elsie was the secretary there. And this is before I was in the ministry. She said, have you been watching the news? And I said, uh, well, I normally listen to CNN. Actually, she says, have you been reading the papers? And I said, well, actually, I watch CNN for my news. Can you believe that? Cough, cough. Okay, the Communist News Network. I mean, they've really fallen. But anyway, I watch CNN for my news. Why? She says, well, have you heard that Romania's having a revolution? Yes. Didn't you tell me that was going to happen? Yes. Okay, tell me. What else did you say? I said, well, it wasn't me saying it. Well, all of a sudden, Elsie decided that she needed to listen, too. See, brothers and sisters, that's the way it's going to be. You're going to be talking to people about all of this. The window shades are going to come down. You're going to see shoulders turned. You'll probably even lose some friends over it. But one of these days, one of these days, they're going to come to you and say, okay, you have my attention. You tried to tell me this was coming. I wouldn't listen. Now I will listen. Now, let me tell you another part of Demetrius' message, because this next part is going to be important that I say this first. So the message was, when he arrived in America in 1984, the very first night, he says, It was late at night. I couldn't stay inside because of the smell. I was outside sitting on a rock, and a light came toward me. The fear of cars came within me, because the Romanian police were always trying to run me over the cars. That's why. That's why I jumped up and the light surrounded me. Out of the light, I heard the same voice. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? I said, why did you punish me? What did I do that was so rotten that you brought me to the United States? I have nowhere to lie my head. I can't understand anybody. He said, Dimitri, didn't I tell you that I will be with you also? I brought you here to this country because this country will burn. Now, let me tell you what happened. So in 1989... As I said, I moved to Omaha, and we invited Dimitri to speak. Well, also in 1989, he invited me to come to his 501c3 board meeting for a hand of help out to his home. So I've actually been to Dimitri's home and met his wife and his daughter. And, you know, it's a very small, little, humble home. It's, uh, I'm going to say, probably yeah, six or 700 square feet. I mean, not much at all. Uh, probably a typical two-bedroom apartment it was. But anyway, we were out then in the front lawn, and the children were playing. And all of a sudden, the thought came to me. Now, looking back, it was God. So I turned to Dimitri, and I said, Dimitri, the very first night you arrived, when you thought the Romanian police were going to run you over, 
you said you were outside sitting on a rock. Where were you sitting? So he walked over and he sat down on what we call a brick planter, you know, where you plant flowers between your house and your lawn. And he sat down on this brick planter and he kind of looked to the left, looked to the right. And he said, yeah, I was sitting about right here. And I said, now, you said that a light came towards you. You were afraid the police were going to run you over with cars. From what direction did that light come? And he pointed. He said, about right there. I said, okay, I changed the subject, and he got up, and directly I walked over when everything was clear, and I sat in that very place. And I asked myself if it was late at night, and if I saw a light coming from that direction, would I think it was probably a car coming at me? Well, when Dimitri, where he lived was at the head of a T. In other words, if you're heading toward his house, you hit a stop sign, then you have to turn to the right or to the left. But if you keep going straight, you would literally run right into his living room, which is where I was sitting right in front of his living room. So I asked myself, in other words, I'm checking his story. If I saw a light coming from that direction, would I think that that might possibly be a car trying to run me over? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Because every one of the cars coming down that street have to turn left or right. If they keep going straight, run right into his house. In other words, it's another way of verifying that he is really hearing from God. Now, let me tell you another little story. February the 8th, 2003. Oh, I'll never forget this one. I remember that afternoon, I went into, uh, well, I started to call the call letters of the radio station I want, but it was a very large radio station in Omaha. Christian. Been on there, we were on there like uh, 10 years, long time. Anyway, I went in there and I was promoting the uh, the meeting we were having that night. And long story short, they set me up. They had a guy call in and attack me in, so I had to defend myself and explain them some things on the year. And we didn't have any very many people at the meeting that night. There was only like 25. Well, sad to say, it takes about 100 people at one of those prophecy club meetings in order to just break even. So when we had 25, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how do I pay the meeting room expense, much less the sleeping room expense? One of those evenings where I was just totally out of money. One of those evenings where God is testing me. So before I went to bed, I called my wife and I said, you know what? So I don't have to do this. I said, this is not working. I said, I was making good money before I got into this. I don't have to do this. I can go back or I can, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a salesman. <laughs> I can find a job someplace. They're always needing salesmen someplace. I said, so I need to know. It's not working. Does God want me to really do this? Or maybe this is just all my idea. And maybe I need to close this thing, go find a real job. So we prayed, Lord, show me what you want me to do. You want me to continue this? Or do I need to go find another job? Because this isn't working. So that night I had a dream. And it was answering the question. In the dream I checked into a hotel. I immediately went to my car. But my heart was heavy. Like it was before I went to sleep. In confusion about what direction to go. Do I need to hear from God exactly? I mean he, I need to know what he wanted me to do. Do I need to go get a job or keep this prophecy club stuff up? I had the same feeling. I got in my car in the dream. I drove down the street to a small mission church, kind of like a Salvation Army. 
And I walked in, and I just wanted to find a place to pray and seek the Lord. But there was a man at the front of the chapel speaking to about 40 men in the room, homeless men mostly. There was another man walking around to each person, handing them a piece of paper. A man sitting in the front row said, Why do we have to go to this memorial? The man replied, You have to go. Another man on the second row asked, What is it? The speaker said, It's a memorial for a Romanian pastor named Dudeman. Go see it. You'll really like it. Well, about that time, the man handing papers finally reached me. He handed me a paper, and I said, no, no, I said, I, I don't want a paper. I just came here to pray. And as you know, many missions make you listen to the sermon before you get the free food. So I was just telling him, I don't want any food. I, I, just, I, I just want to pray. So the man then said, no, you have to go. I said, I, I didn't come here to eat. I just want to pray. But then he got even more insistent, and he stepped close to me, and he punched me with the paper, and he says, you have to go. I said, no, look, I, I don't care about the food. I don't need the paper. I just came to pray. Then he punched me with the paper. I mean, like really hard. I mean, even knocked me back a little bit. And he says, no, no, you have to go. I said, Demetri Dudeman, is that who you're talking about? He said, yeah, you have to go see it. I said, no, I don't have to go. I just came to pray. Besides that, I know about him all the way. Or anyway, so the guy then stepped close to me, invading my comfort zone, I guess you'd say, punched me with the papers again and said, no, no, you have to go. I said, Dimitri Dudeman, the Romanian pastor that smuggled Bibles into Romania, Russia for over 30 years of caught and run through five months of torture, culminating and then putting him on the electric chair. And when he arrived in America, the angel said the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America, started by the communists. Some of the people start fighting against the government. The government be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack, and America will burn. Is that the Dimitri Dudeman you're talking about? And the guy then punched me with the papers even harder and said, yes, you have to go. All of a sudden, something exploded out of my spirit, and I said, I am Dimitri Dudeman. And I fell back into the chair behind me, and I just began to weep. Then I woke up from the dream, and I was weeping. Because then I knew. I knew what I'm supposed to do. And see, if you're listening to this message right now, this has already touched your heart. You know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to tell people, even if they don't like you, even if it'll lose friendship, even if they won't listen, even the window shade pulls down or they turn the shoulder and walk away, you're supposed to tell them. Whether they believe it and receive it or not, it's not your problem. Your job is to tell them. Now, let me give you some encouragement. December 16, 2002. Oh, I remember specifically. I was falling off to sleep. And I said, Lord, I just want to say, and it was literally out loud. It was in a whisper because Leslie is asleep beside me. I said, I just want to say that I love you more than my wife, more than my children, more than the very beat of my own heart and the breath of my lungs. I just want to say I love you more than anything in Jesus' name and fell off to sleep. Well, that was the first time I heard the audible voice of God. It's what I call the eternity voice. Because it sounded like I was in a sphere. The voice came from all directions. I've only had this like three times in my life. And it said, 
I'm giving you part of the harvest of the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Then a sword appeared in my hands. It was very light and very sharp. Held it with two hands. I could swing it in any direction effortlessly. Then a piece of paper about two foot by two foot appeared up and to the right. I took the sword and cut off about a third of the paper that was bent down. The part of the paper that I cut off then just turned to a waterfall. And I believe what the Lord is saying is, I'm giving you part of the harvest of the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Well, why would you say Billy Graham? Well, Billy Graham's call was sports stadiums, big meetings around the globe. He did, I don't know, 50 some odd years, probably the greatest soul winner of our time. And he's saying he's given me part of the harvest of the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Now, here's the thing. If you're listening right now, if you're a casual listener occasionally, maybe not. But if you listen on a fairly regular basis, you're listening because the Spirit of God has touched your heart that you also need to be carrying the message of this ministry to warn others with whatever way God has you to warn them. But you are a watchman. And what he's saying is, not just to me, but to all of the watchmen, if you will carry the seeds of the last days, then I'm going to give you part of the end time harvest. You will be a preacher and teacher of Bible prophecy, walking and working in sevenfold miracles. And I believe the two foot by two foot piece of paper where it cut off a third that turns to water means he's going to give me about the third the number of souls that he gave Billy Graham. Well, I don't know how many souls Billy Graham won, but it was quite a few. The point is, if you're listening, you've been called. You've been called to serve. And let me, let me caution you not to listen to too many other ministries out there because that can hurt the message that you're carrying. Because if you start carrying a wrong message, and believe me, there are many of them out there on the Internet right now, then it may be that God might walk away and maybe you don't get to finish what he's called you to do. Oh, would he do that? Oh, you better know he would. You have to, just like people that, for example, are carrying errors, like the pre-trib rapture and stuff like that, not so good. That's all I'll say about that. That's, so be careful and be cautious to make certain that you're carrying the truth. If you want God to be with you, you got to do it his way. you got to carry his truth. So if you're listening, you are a watchman, which, by the way, I guess I may as well ask you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call you. I'm not just asking you, but by the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you are a watchman, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to come to the Solemn September Assembly, September 6 to 8. Solemn September Assembly, 6 to 8, September. And you get there by reserving your place. We only have about 500, and I, I'm probably going to have to turn some people away from this one. And you get there by going to watchmanstrumpet.com watchmanstrumpet.com. It's only $25 to come. Yes, there are some expenses to the meeting, and that will barely cover our expenses. But it's not about money. I look at it like this. If a person doesn't think going to a meeting where people are going to be fasting for 48 hours straight, praying 48 hours straight through the night, they don't think that that is worth $25, then they're the wrong person. They don't need to be at that meeting. Watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com. The summer blowout is now in effect. 
This amazing offer is only offered for a brief time each summer. Right now, you can get 50 DVDs for a gift of $250, that's 5 bucks each, 25 for $160, $640 each, 15 for $120, $8 each, 10 for $100, $10 each, 6 for $70, $1160 each, 4 for $50, $1250 each, or 2 for $30, obviously $15 each. A single DVD is a gift of $30. See the selection of over 230 DVDs at prophecyclub.com bookstore. Or download our catalog. Note your selections, but you have to call our office 785-266-1112 to place your order. You have to call 785-266-1112. And this is probably going to be the last summer we make this offer. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. 785-266-1112. 1112. This is the best deal we've ever offered at the Prophecy Club. You get 10 How Pre-Trib 1, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 God's Warning to America, 5 Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, 40 books, gift of $100 at prophecyclub.com. I'm not telling you to buy silver, but I'm telling you that I just bought some more silver I could not get a yawn or an anointing touch about whether I was to buy it, but after I bought it, I felt the peace of God come in my heart, so I know I was supposed to get it. So if you're thinking about getting some kind of precious metals, I'll send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Just mention Prophecy Club.